I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. I'm sure you know Rebel Radio is sponsored by Finn. We're really happy to have them as a partner. I'm heading off to Italy next month, a uh, little bit of work and a little bit of holiday with family, and I got Finn doing research for me on things to do, travel arrangements, rental cars, trains, all that stuff. Basically, I use Finn to, to do everything I don't need to do myself, but I still need to get done. You can use them to book appointments, make calls, pay bills. Finn learns your preferences. You can save your passwords with them, all of that stuff. And it saves me hours and hours every week. Uh, I'm finding it really useful. I think you will too. What I love most about it is you can access the mobile app, email, website. You can call them. Whatever works best for you works best for Finn. They work around you. Just because you listen to Rebel Radio, I'm going to hook you up with a free trial. Go to fin.com slash rebel to try Finn for free. That's fin.com slash rebel, and you can try it out for free. I'd love to hear what you think of it, how you're using it. Leave us a comment or shoot me a note um, and just tell me what Finn's doing for you. That's fin.com slash rebel. I'm Corey Stout, captain of woodies.com, and you're listening to Rebel Radio. Fuck you, Josh. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh, Rebel Radio is going down. What do you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I talk to the Rebels that are shaping youth culture. We find out how they do it, why they do it, and what you can do to get a little piece of the pie for yourself. We're also the only show to bring you new music every week from our friends over at EDM.com. I'm your host, Josh Levine, and my guest today is Corey Stout. Corey's the founder of Woody's Sunglasses, and uh, he's built a really interesting business to suit his lifestyle. He's got no office, no full-time employees. He's kind of based his whole model off of what he read in the four-hour work week, and it allows him to travel whenever he wants. And just really create a unique work uh, situation for himself and everybody that's on his team. It's a great story of how he's built that business uh, coming up right after our EDM.com track of the week. Don't wanna stay so 
That was Tim Shawford and Cash for Gold with Awake, the EDM.com track of the week. If you like that one, get over to EDM.com for more new music. And now let's get into the interview with Corey Stout. Excellent. Well, right on, man. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. Appreciate you making time. Freaking happy to be here. Let's totally. Let's so I'm excited to learn about you and, and Woody's. Um, uh, you know, I heard about you from Sonia, our mutual mm-hmm. friend, and she just told me, you got to meet this guy, Corey. He's, uh, he has this sunglass business with no employees, and you travel right. all the time, which just sounds amazing. Right. Uh, so I'm excited to learn how you're doing that. For sure. But um, let's talk about how you got started. Um, okay. Were you always... Were you always into fashion? Were you always going to be an entrepreneur? Was that... I was going to be an entrepreneur one way or another, yeah. I think. And uh, back in college, I was selling tickets. That was kind of my first like intro to sales, which I think is the... Like concert tickets? Yeah, it was a football game ticket oh, cool. back at uh, University of Florida. Uh-huh. And uh, like I was on the street scalping with the, with the best of them. You yeah. know? Who needs two tickets? Yeah. Uh, who, who's selling tickets? Yeah. And, uh, and then I graduated, got lucky because it was the Great Recession. So there's no job. So I had, mm-hmm. to, I had to figure it out. Otherwise, I might have just easily fallen into something that was paying okay. Sure. But uh, moved to Austin after college. Did something for a year to get by. I don't really know what. Mm-hmm. And then my best friend from college was living in China. And he's teaching English over there. And he's like, you got to come out here and see what it's all about. Nice. So went out to China, six weeks staying in Guangzhou. And I was just like, whoa, this is, this is different. Something different's going on here. Were you, did you do like a teaching thing out there? I was just hanging out. Just hanging out. Walking yeah. around, looking around, yeah. exploring, uh, going out, partying, whatever. Sure. And, uh, and then I started to see how it all worked. Like, oh, here's where all these, here's all the people that make stuff. Here's how they get it to the States. Here's yeah. who's, who's doing what. Yeah. yeah. So go back to selling tickets. I think that's... Yeah. Um, I think that's such a great place to start. Yeah. And I, you know, I always, you know, we do we do marketing <clears throat> for brands, and I always feel like everybody should have that experience of being out promoting face to face, having you know, having conversations with people. Yeah. Uh, what What do you think you learned from that that you use now? So, rejection, uh, rejection, rejection acceptance. Let's put it that way. Okay. So, so, uh, ticket selling in particular was standing in one place on a street holding tickets up in the air as hundreds of people walk by you and you say, who needs two tickets? Yeah. No. Do you want two tickets? No. Do, do you want these tickets? How much are they? $100. No. So just, I don't know, what's the percentage of no's I'm right. willing to hear? Yeah. Hun- hundreds. Yeah. But then eventually enough people say, okay, yeah, I need those tickets. And then yeah. the sale gets done. So. Uh, that process really got me over fear of no, fear mm. of rejection. Yeah. Fear of, fear of asking, you know, what could go wrong? Yeah. Okay, they could say no. Does that harm me in any way? No. So keep moving. That, that's kind of what I got out of that. That's big. Yeah. Um, Where did the idea for Woody's come from? Woody's was, all right, so I'm in China. I started a watch company called Ticker. Uh-huh. And... I started selling online back in 2013, 2012, and Shopify was just kind of getting going, and what was working for me was Groupon. Mm. I was one of the first products to ever get on Groupon. Mm. So we're selling these watches. Turns out they were crappy watches, so (laughs) it didn't last that long. Right. So once that kind of flamed out, uh, my friends that were still living in China, they're like, hey, we we found this wood sunglasses. We didn't know, this is the first we've ever heard of this. No one else is doing this. Yeah. Corey, could you start a brand around this, get us a website and get us on Groupon? So the first three partners in Woody's was my friends still living in China, me, and a guy that worked for Groupon. He insisted that he would be part of the equity of the company uh-huh. if he's gonna get us this great big deal on Groupon. Yeah. So that was kind of how Woody's started that we, we got a promise that we were going to get on Groupon, and we knew we would sell 8,000 or so glasses to launch, and that was enough to, nice. to get us by. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was, uh, 
was there more to the vision than that, or was it just like a spur of the moment? I mean, that was like the, kind of like, here's the idea, we're going to go with it. Now yeah. let's find some inspiration. Yeah. So I was like, okay, wood, sunglasses, like, wood, like, okay, sunglasses, you want to be by the beach. And I thought of the Woody, mm -hmm. the great American classic sedan, the Woody. So I found a guy who was renting one in Miami, and I'm like, okay, I can do a photo shoot around this. Yeah. This will be the brand. We'll call it Woody's. It's going to be like a... 50s Americana vintage vibe and then th that was just the core idea and then really built on that a lot over mm -hmm. over the years but that was that's kind of how it it struck you know it, it inspiration didn't strike I kind of went looking for it sure and then, and then yeah. found, found something that I liked yeah. yeah so at that point were you already kind of re resigned to the idea that you're gonna be an entrepreneur or was it like yeah, because I made a lot of money on that first ticker watches, the watches. thing, yeah. but it was this big up and then down. Right. So it was like uh, I saw how good it could be, and then I saw what I did, what what became its demise. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Which was, which was what? Which was quality control for the product and uh, ambivalence to customer support. Mm. Because I'm so busy trying to sell... That, like create this business create this brand and people are like oh i had this watch for a year and it broke and send me and it was just like i don't know that i was just so forward focused that i i wasn't thinking about customers right. which is crazy so yeah. uh luckily on woody's my mom took over customer service Amazing. and she cares so 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 much yeah so that that really made a difference yeah yeah um and so was the thought like I'm gonna build this big company. We're gonna be the next, you know, Ray-Ban or whatever. Or uh, like, at, at what point? I guess what I'm wondering is like, what was it that led you to this, to the vision for for what you've ended up building? For the vision of like what Woody's is, or like what my lifestyle plus Woody's would be. Yeah, maybe that. Okay, so so even when I was running that watch company, I was traveling. I was just knew I love traveling. I'm comfortable yeah. with traveling and. You just get you just get so much when you're traveling. You're out on the road visiting people. I mean, look what happened on the trip to China. It yeah. changed the course of the rest of my life. Yeah. So uh, I'd read Four Hour Work Week when it came out, mm -hmm. and it its lessons aren't as true today as it was back then. But it like set this framework for like, oh, here's how you could really build a business, automate it, travel and continue to run it, and then get as successful as it as it could be. So why do you say it's not as true today? Because like some of the tactics back then were like <coughs> using Google AdWords, right. and it you know it didn't see yeah, social yeah, media sure. coming. Right. It didn't really see blogging coming, mm -hmm. YouTubers, any of that stuff. So so some of the stuff was it didn't guess everything right, but the right. framework was there. Yeah. So uh, Woody started growing. I had it under all my control because the bought out the partners eventually, so it was hundred percent for me, and then. Uh, well, like it started getting more successful and I could have gotten an office space and hired people and started doing that whole thing, but I wanted to travel. Yeah. So it kind of became this game. Like how big could I build this thing while hiring no one? Mm -hmm. Like every every software that I would come across, I'm like, okay, give me the 30-day trial. I'm yeah. trying this out. And so eventually I had 50, 60 software subscriptions yeah. that were running the business in the background. And yeah. I was happy enough to do that and yeah. not have to hire anyone. I've seen that li like on online. There's some lists of like all the tools that you use and the, yeah. all the services. Is that um, I don't know. Is that giving away your secrets? Is that a, is that a good idea? Does it does it not matter either way? Uh, I've been sharing a lot of stuff online, and I wonder that. But whoever's second place selling wood sunglasses in america is like getting further right so it i don't think it matters sure and, and i get to share these these yeah. tools and this information with people enough people shared information with me along the way i'm i'm sure of that yeah so i'm yeah. happy to happy to do that totally yeah so so how does it work i mean i you know i get the subscriptions i think every business now has a ton of mm -hmm. subscriptions and software and you know different tools that they use mm -hmm. um you know the, the the old days of like companies building their own 
proprietary yeah. thing that's kind of over, right? Yeah. It's kind of so everyone does that, but yeah. that's but you take it further. Hmm. Um, or maybe not, but, but, but you know. So, uh, but like, yeah. you know, a big sum desk company probably has a lot of the same, uh, uses a lot of the same tools that you use, but they also have 300 people coming yeah. to work every day. What are they all doing? <laughs> <laughs> what? I'd, I'd like somebody to tell me at some point what they're all doing. Right. I mean, uh, there's there's stuff that I think companies spend time, money and employees on that. I just don't um, give me an example. Probably probably like financial forecasting, inventory forecasting. I mean, I kind of set up some simple rules in a spreadsheet. Yeah. I have a bookkeeper who I pay, but he's not part of the company. So mm -hmm. in, in a way, I have the same manpower right. that they all have just none of them are my employees so sure. everyone's a contract yeah it's like using the gig, gig economy or, yeah or something like that um so when, when i talk to business owners like maybe more old school kind of thinkers yeah there's this um bias that like we can outsource certain things but are really important people we need in-house that yeah that they somehow have more control over people if they are employees and sitting in the office every day. Yeah. How do you, I don't know if you've come across that either if you've, if you've wrestled with that in yourself or if you've heard that yeah. out there. Like, how do, you, how do you reconcile that? Just as a broader trend, like when you think about where the sharing economy is taking our society, with Airbnb, Uber, all these things, ownership is overrated. Yeah. So like ownership over an employee. Yeah, I can tell them what to do at any time as long as I'm paying them the right amount of money. Sure. Theoretically, they'll do it <coughs> and they'll do it to the best of their ability if you get really good employees, I guess. Yeah. But I don't need total control and total ownership over anybody's skill set. I just need to borrow it mm -hmm. for some time. Mm -hmm. sometimes so that's that's kind of my the yeah, the the total ownership over someone's skill set I, I don't that doesn't appeal to me or I don't see the need for it so anybody that's really really feels that way I don't know I don't know why they feel that way I don't know I think it's a little bit of what we were talking about earlier that lists like that's the way things have been so that's the way they continue like, uh, inertia I don't know what do you call that yeah. just yeah yeah, I've, I, I think so. I, I really mean, ask myself why continually, right? Like, you want to check yourself to make sure that beliefs you hold are still valid. Sure. And you need to... You know, well, like, like, you know, if you go to business school, like, they're going to teach you about building, you know, teams, mm -hmm. ma managing people, mm -hmm. you, know, uh, you know, your staffing plan, like any... any Traditional business plan has a whole staffing plan as part of it, right? Like, yeah. I, I just think those are ingrained into people's thoughts about what a business is. And I had those same thoughts. Like, am, am I doing this wrong by not hiring people? But I just uh, maybe. So when you have that thought, yeah, what do you do? Well, luckily, I'm kind of lazy. So when something comes up that like I probably should do. I'll just like push it off a little bit. Okay. Only when it's like the buzzers are going off, like, Corey, sure. you have to do this right now or something's sure. going to explode. Then I do it. Yeah. So maybe that, you know, I, uh, I, don't, I don't meddle. I don't try to tinker with stuff that's working. So maybe that kind of worked to my favor when it came to decisions to hire. Like I, I probably would have hired some people, but mm -hmm. it seems like a lot of work. You got to like <laughs> put an ad out there. You got to interview people. And then you, you got to manage them. You got to manage them. Right. I, you know, I had like some uh, virtual assistants yeah. along the way and just coming up with things for them to do yeah. was like as much of a task as my own things I got to do. So, yeah. yeah, didn't never really went that route. I think it's also when people label themselves as a boss or an owner or whatever. Yeah. Like I think in people's minds that comes with certain things you do and certain things you don't do. Right. Right, and so taking out the trash or whatever right. is is not okay with some people if it's their you know if they're at a certain level or they perceive themselves a certain way. Yeah, and I, 
<clears throat> I don't mind doing all the data entry or updating or yeah. whatever stuff yeah. I have to do. I mean, I probably outsource some of that stuff, just not to an employee. Sure. To, yeah, yeah. to a software, whatever right. I can find. Is there one part of the business that's hardest because of the way that it's structured? Hmm. Hmm. Probably be more in the creative section, like marketing and social media management, because mm -hmm. that's the the way the business is now. It's really run on Amazon, mm -hmm. so I don't have the same needs for a company that might do a lot of stuff on Facebook, right? Like coming up with videos, doing photo right. shoots, coming up with so you don't new, you guys don't do that new at content. All. Really, we're really not that much in the content. Yeah. I mean, I. I would be hesitant to say that my model is like, it's like should be the new textbook, but it's like, you find what works and you go with it, right? So Amazon really, really worked for us. It's really working for a lot of people right now. Mm -hmm. uh, seems like a lot of people still fight it that they want to have their own thing going, even though yeah. Amazon's running wild. But <clears throat> yeah, um, the Amazon thing was so appealing because. Fulfillment by Amazon. Right. That was the that was the major key because you sure. then, then you can travel. Then you can yeah. go anywhere. Yeah. Don't even need an office. You yeah. just need the laptop. Yeah. How do you um? Did did you have to kind of train yourself to to work and travel and and do that together? Like I think when most people travel, they're either you know, like vacation, or yeah. they're there for work, and then you're at a conference or meetings or whatever, and it's like, yeah, you know, again, just sort of the way most people think is just kind of this either or mentality. Let me find this quote. Let me find this really awesome quote. It's like, uh... okay, so on the topic of oh, like when I'm traveling, how do you really balance the work and the travel? Yeah. Um, so came across this quote. The master in the art of living makes little distinction between his work and his play, his labor and his leisure, his mind and his body, his education and recreation. He hardly knows which is which. He simply pursues his vision of excellence at whatever he does, leaving others to decide if he is working or playing. To him, he's always doing both. So that's a really lofty version of, of what I see myself as. But the, the thing like... I really like building a business and working. It's like a little game, mm -hmm. you know. Can I make can I make this number go up and to the right? Yeah. And so, I would even if I'm traveling somewhere really cool, I'd still like to get in and work on whatever I'm working on. Sure. And then, when I'm done, my idea of leisure isn't sit on the beach and watch the clouds go by. Like I want to get out there and like ride some motorcycles or yeah. go sailing or something something that probably is like hard work but it's still fun sure so that's that's kind of my balance yeah no i love that i think it that speaks to me you know and and i think it's also like you know again there's all this conversation now about work-life balance and then mm -hmm. this idea of like it's kind of the opposite of what you're saying right which is this, it's like people i think i think that's just a response to like the idea of being a workaholic, right? So then they're like, no, you need balance. You need to take time for yourself and, yeah. and all of that. And I think that's a good step in the right direction, except what, what really, you know, for, for me, I think the people that I look up to that are really seem to be successful and fulfilled mm -hmm. are the ones for whom life and work are the same. The same, yeah. yeah. And, and sometimes it's going it's gone too far when you see somebody like with a laptop out by the pool sure and you're like hey man you can't look at your screen it's too right. much glare out there like, right. what are you what are you taking a picture of this for sure so like i i like there's a time for work and a time but yeah you just you enjoy it all it's all the yeah. part of the same life yeah you can't split your life into two pieces right so yeah um so i i've read something you said about uh that you're really good at saying no to stuff Okay. Yeah. And then that's kind of part of your method. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? What's something, you know, what, what stands out and, and what, um, 
What do you say no to that's hard to say no to? Okay. So this book I read last year, Essentialism. Did you come across that book? No. Okay, so the book itself violates its own title because it's really long and doesn't need to be that long. Uh, it says, in order to pursue what's truly essential, you not only have to eliminate the obvious time wasters, you also have to say no to some potentially good deals. Right. Which is hard to do. It takes a lot of discipline because yeah. you could make some money. Sure. So with Woody's, I'm really focused on putting a lot of attention on Amazon, like I've said a hundred times, I think. Uh, but the decision to not sell on Etsy, not sell on eBay, yeah. and not sell on Walmart, which I've had the chance to do, yeah. that making that decision, I don't have a way of counting how many hours that saved, but sometimes the best deals are the ones you don't make. And right. so keeping that singular focus on one marketplace, mm. that, was, that was saying no. We, I used to sell in those marketplaces. Uh -huh. And then I saw how much my time was just chopped up. And so I just deleted my account for those. Wow. So that, that, those were good deals. They were bringing in money. Sure. It wasn't, uh, wasn't moving the needle. It wasn't essential mm -hmm. money, but it was taking up enough time that it, that it wasn't worth it. So, so is, there a, is there a process to that of like figuring out what's essential when you're faced with a decision like that? Is there a process? I, mean, I guess, I mean, I'm, I'm an economist, that's my degree. Okay. I like attaching rates to things. Huh. So dollars per hour. Okay. So I came up with a thing, what's my time worth? I came up with this a long time ago and I put it at 30 bucks an hour. Okay. And so I, I always have this example because this was the first thing that happened where I used my little equation. Yeah. I had like a get into the gym free pass and I left my house, which was 20 minutes away and I got there. I forgot my pass <laughs> and they and it was 20 bucks to get into the gym right. so am i going to return home right. to get it or just pay it so like sure. i came up with this number like here's how i'm going to make my decisions so that's funny. when i do my math on something like amazon the number is like almost astronomical the amount of actual work i do times the money that comes back in really? so if i <clears throat> if i compare that number to something on another platform or um, trying to get into wholesale, right. something that's incredibly time intensive, yeah. and you don't make that much money on it, uh, like thing, things like that. I just, I just said a big no to. So okay, so another like common business uh, idea is that is, is about strategic planning, right? So okay. thinking, you know, thinking what's around the corner, where is this? You know, how do we grow this business? Yeah. Um, you know, which I think leads people to uh, invest in things that aren't going to pay off, mm -hmm. aren't going to pay $30 an hour today with the hopes that they will yeah. in 18 months or something like that. Right. So how do you, is that part of what you do or do you just kind of play the cards that are in front of you? I guess, I guess it is easier for me to say now that I've already done it, right? Because you have <laughs> to make that first decision. Sure. So gosh, uh, I came across a note the other day, I had my list of to-dos, yeah. and number like six on my list was register for Amazon and start selling on Amazon. Uh -huh. like, and it was such a low priority for me then. Yeah. So right, how did I make that jump and get on there? Gosh, I don't know. At at some point in the early stages, you you can't be too smart. You mm -hmm. kind of have to be st stupid and and make some decisions that aren't obviously the best decision. But if you I don't know what I don't know what kind of decision making you'd apply to that. Uh, I mean, Amazon was just this like huge sure. rolling downhill, huge. Yeah, I mean, it's thing. not it's not too hard to bet on Amazon. Yeah. Other than you know, I've heard I've heard people complain about the splits. Yeah. Right. Like the stock their splits. No, their fees the, and their like um, like what how much of the full retail price you actually keep, right? I've heard people complain right. about that from Amazon. Right. But, uh, but you know, betting on that Amazon's gonna be like the place to build your business versus, right. you know, Etsy or something like that whose future may be less certain. Right, so- It's probably I'm, pretty safe. So I made, I made the right decision back then, but like the, you should, I mean, you should use something like your, your personal passion. Like what, yeah. 
what do you what do you love doing like what do you what feels like play to you even though most people call it work mm-hmm. like if you can you can do something like that yeah the the numbers might not bear it out that oh you're more profitable by being sure. making this decision but if you're fulfilled and you're enjoying it it's got a good chance of turning into something yeah i, I think so yeah. that's that that's what I'd okay say. so i want to talk about something else you said i think it's in your social yeah i think it's on your twitter it says uh something like i, I create brands and build communities around them yeah did i say that or did I, quote, yeah. I, I might have been quoting someone i don't know i think it's in your twitter profile really yeah oh man you're like in your bio mm-hmm. that sounds like something 2012 <laughs> me would say okay <laughs> fair enough i know we're not always updating twitter that frequently anymore yeah. I build brands and build, I create brands and build communities around them. I think that's what I mean, it says. I could, I could see why I said that. I could see why I said that. How do that. you, so, okay, well, let's pretend you said that. Okay. Um, what, what does it mean to build a community? How do you do that? And what, it, what is it? Yeah. How do you, what, is the, that, what does that look like? The first step is you have to live the community that you're trying to attract. Okay. Right, so uh, I, I like the I embody the the Woody's life that I'm that I'm trying to sell people on. You mm. know, I've got classic cars. I live in Venice, hang out by the beach. Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm really I'm on, I'm into that '50s aesthetic. That's what, really what, cl- what classic cars. I've got a '53 Mercury. That's a Woody wagon. Got a '64 Comet. Nice. '55 T-Bird. Three VW things uh-huh. and a bus, sixty-two bus. Oh shit! Yeah, I think I forget. Nice, you're doing yeah. it. That's all. That's, that's my, amazing. That's my thing. That's my fun thing. Yeah. I'm starting a new business, sort of. It's Captain's Classic Cars. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, this whole Captain persona kind of happened by accident. Is that right? So I'm just kind of rolling with it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Ah, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, so so you got to live. Live the lifestyle, right. whatever that is. There's a lot of there's a lot of people saying a lot of things on the internet that aren't sure. really accurate. So yeah. I think when people see behind the scenes that you're really doing what you say. You're doing. If you're enjoying this one, let's hear another great entrepreneurial tale from my man Ryan Babenzian, founder of Greats Brand Sneakers. That was one of our early episodes. In the Rebel Radio archives, you can find it on iTunes or SoundCloud. Ryan's got some great stories about building a new sneaker brand. Uh, since we talked, that, that brand has really taken off. You'll see Great's brand everywhere. Check that one out after you finish up here with Corey Stout. So, so modeling it, and then beyond that, is there something else to kind of bring in people along with you, or is it just like... You say modeling? Well, I guess that's what I was saying is like, you're saying you like, you model the, the, the community, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, Does that make sense? Yeah. I think you said modeling. Like I, I tried to put myself in the photo shoot oh. one time as a model and it didn't, no. go, it didn't go well. So okay. I was like, like oh no, don't, right. don't be your own model. No, 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 no. Not, not that way. Be the model citizen of your right. brand. But exactly. Don't, don't think. Yeah. Right. And so then, is that it, or is there like more to bringing people along? Yeah, I've I've got to give more credit to my mom mm. for the community building for Woody's yeah. because she she like baked the DNA into Woody's. And, and the, how do you mean? All the reviews you'll read online are just glowing reviews about how great she is. Yeah, and. And she oh, handles the customer. Oh service. yeah, that captain guy looks like he's having a lot of fun. But we really appreciate Pam for like keeping everybody happy. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's amazing. I, I really got lucky with. Yeah. Got a great mom, and she she cares a lot. And she does what she has to do for Woody's. How much? You know, when I, whenever I think of customer service, I think of Zappos. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Amazon has amazing customer service too. But you right. know, Zappos is really built on that foundation. Mm-hmm. How much do you? follow or pay attention to them i took a lot from yeah. zappos i mean they are just relentlessly awesome yeah they're not it, it's one thing to issue a refund or process a warranty claim it's another one to like to 
energetically do it, right? Like sure. enthusiastically. <clears throat> yeah. Because, and I read Seth Godin a lot, and he yeah. talks about every opportunity you get to form a, a relationship to f- build trust in this world. And so every time, the, the first business I had, every warranty claim I processed, I cringed because I saw it as money sure. leaving out the door. Yeah. And now I... And I'm lucky I have a lower price product that I can that I can be generous with our right. warranty policy. Yeah. But now I really see every interaction where we do process or return as something that's going to come back down the future. Mm-hmm. And that's just being able to have a long-term view mm-hmm. of your business it like really changes every interaction. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I'm at. How do you think about competition? Competition. So everyone. Listening, these glasses, it's not like you couldn't go on Alibaba and make them. There's certainly a hundred other brands. Like most products. Yeah, like most products. Anybody could do them. So competition, uh, talk about Warren Buffett. He says build moats around your business. So on Amazon, I have thousands of reviews Mm -hmm. on certain products. I think that's my defensibility. Mm -hmm. And then the, the brand I've created, whether by accident or what parts of it were intentional yeah you know people people know woodies people recognize the captain's hat if, if they've if they've been on the site yeah and i guess i guess that's my defensibility there's nothing it's nothing proprietary that i'm doing so in the fashion business especially but you know lifestyle products right we think the <clears throat> you know there's an idea that the brand is an expression of who you are of mm-hmm. the of the uh, the customer, okay, right. The what sunglasses I choose if I'm a Ray Ban guy or a Prada guy or a, you know, whatever, yeah, uh, or a Woody's guy that that says something about me, right, and that I want to broadcast to the world, right. That's mm-hmm. sort of the, that's the prevailing thinking in branding for sure. Um, do you find that uh, is is that are you are you seeing that as true? With yeah. Woody's? Yeah. Luck- luckily, Woody's can really appeal to a, a wide range. I mean, anybody can find something to like okay. about Woody's. Yeah. At first, when I was doing Woody's, I thought the the eco angle was the thing that people would really be obsessed about. And yeah. it's not. No. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not. Okay, plant three trees for it. I don't think anybody really cared. Right. So uh, the, the thing I focused on was value. Mm. So... How much, like, I, I just kind of set my price one time and I'm like, this is just gonna be my price forever. So then I went about creating the best value I could at that price. Mm-hmm. And so not only is it sunglasses, it's a guitar pick, it's temporary tattoos, it's stickers, it's little motivational cards, oh, cool. it's the service. Right. So it, that, that's, that's kind of where that went. When I see people out in the world wearing woodies, I just think they look freaking cool. So I, I think that's... yeah. That's what people want. It's something, 25 bucks, you can't beat that, and then it look cool, too. Yeah. A lot of Ray-Ban people are like, why am I still spending 175 200 Sure. I mean, yeah. Um, you talked about models, so I know you shot something with Kendall Jenner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, then, and then I read something about, like, that maybe that wasn't the, the best move for you. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, two things. One, first of all, what did she do for your business? Like, what did having her in a campaign mean to the business? Right. And two, what did you learn? Wow. Um, All right. Kendall, I approached her at a time before influencers became a a thing. Right? She was young, right? She was young. She was 17. Instagram was young. She only had 4 million followers. I don't know how many Mm -hmm. hundreds she has now. Right. So I was able to... First of all, afford her after some lengthy negotiations <laughs> to get her, but yeah. it it didn't cause a spike. It didn't really? it didn't cause like a hockey stick by any means. Okay. And then uh, it didn't really it didn't really move the whole needle. That's why I've really been hesitant to do influencer marketing since then. But yeah. what I learned from was just like like man, it's always fun to just go for it in business. Uh, mm-hmm. Like hiring her was all the money I had. It was kind mm-hmm. of the biggest bet I ever made. Yeah. And it ended up working out, but uh, gosh, what was I doing back then? 
I hired Kendall Jenner to try to promote my Kickstarter campaign. Uh -huh. Like, just listen to that sentence. That just <laughs> not a recipe for success. Sure. So, uh, just you gotta you gotta know what you're doing before you take a big swing like so that. So, if you were talking to some, you know, young entrepreneurs who are starting up yeah. new businesses, yeah. and they were like, "Oh, we know you did this Kendall Jenner thing. Like, what do you t teach us something about influencer marketing?" Yeah. What would you advise them? Be your own influencer, yeah. right? Like you create your own tribe. Yeah. You don't need to borrow someone else's influence. You know, build build your own, and the the people that they form your tribe are are gonna be. They're not gonna care if Kendall Jenner or whoever sure. endorsed your product on a day. Yeah, like they're gonna they're gonna see the authenticity of what you're doing and and follow you for that reason. So mm -hmm. that's. That's the, the Seth Godin thing that always stuck out in my mind. 10 true fans. Yeah. Can you really convince 10 people who are not your friends or family yeah. to give a crap about what you're doing? And if the answer is no, you gotta focus on being more authentic until you can. Hiring an influencer is like, it's, a, it's, a, it's like burning tissue paper to start a fire. Like it just, mm -hmm. it, just it burns up and it's bright mm -hmm. for a second, but then it's gone. Yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna build a, a real fire. Yeah. So where do you want to take Woody's? What's what's the goal? I uh, just want to keep living it. Uh, yeah. It's it finally grew out of my mom's garage. So I was shipping product to her garage and sending it into Amazon. Uh huh. And eventually we just got too big for that. So yeah. I I want to just keep it going as far as I can handle it. I mean, it's, it's getting, it's getting bigger. I don't, I don't want to own it forever. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what I want to do with it. I just want to kind of take it a little bit at a time. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm my identity is really tied into it now. Sure. So it's hard to think about letting it go, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just kind of keep doing it. I think that's a really interesting challenge for, for people, uh, building businesses like, where where you are so tied to the business mm -hmm. is like you have to be in it enough but if you're in it too much then you you can't untangle yourself right. from it yeah both both directions like the brand might not survive without you right and you might not that you won't survive but you but, you won't be the same without the brand right 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 uh it's an interesting challenge it is, and Woody's is probably in the camp of I'm too entangled. Too <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to sell this thing because. Well, so you um, talked about uh, you talked about your mom being a big part of it. Yeah, um, how are you going to replace her? Right, right? it's heart and soul. Yeah, um, and you, so you talked about she's much better at, at customer service than you. Yeah. What? It, what's your strength? What's my strength? Um, I have. I mean, I know a little bit about everything. That's kind of my thing. I'm I'm not an expert in any in any one field. Mm -hmm. um, so my strength is just I want to say that there's something I'm doing that's so extra special, but I I can't even give myself that much credit. I mean, okay. really, it is Amazon and that whole machine. Yeah. Like, like we we kind of work for the machines, sure, don't we? That, yeah, yeah. Uh, that I position myself to the most favorably for getting more sales on Amazon, but mm -hmm. when, I mean, I don't know what, I, what I'm really doing. I came up with the idea, so I kind of... Yeah, yeah, that's important. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right, I got to ask you a little lightning round. Okay. Um, but, but I want to talk about travel for a second, because I know that's a big part of, yeah. of what you do. Let's do it. Let's um, get into it. How do you, how do you travel? So 2016, I was named one of Airbnb's top 200 travelers because I stayed almost 300 nights that year wow. on Airbnb. Yeah. Also have the other. What, left, what do you get for that? Nothing. Yeah, <laughs> an email saying, "Cool, right? Cool, good for you." Awesome. Uh, nothing. So uh, my cousin Clint works for American Airlines, and I'm on his special nice. list of flying. That's so that big. that was before yeah, I could yeah, afford it. Sure. I had the, the standby flight stuff. So yeah. anybody that out out there that knows someone works for an airlines, 
go buy them a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. Get that going. Yeah. That, that'll help. For sure. Um, that plus Airbnb uh, and then starting to make money with Woody's and being able to, to travel. Yeah. I sold my car, let go of my lease. So I had less than 100 possessions mm -hmm. and I was light as could be. So I wanted to travel and see the world. Yeah. And man, it's all out there. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's happening. What's, um, you know, travel is one of people's favorite things to complain about on social media is it like the airlines or whatever who's complaining about the airlines <laughs> have you seen flights lately they're so cheap it's great I'm, I'm not one to complain uh yeah although i will write to american when when i see them doing something stupid and then they but do. Yeah. but i love i love you know they they get me all over the world whenever i want to go it's amazing pretty affordably yeah it's amazing yeah it's amazing what a world um so what's give me some travel hacks Hmm. Travel hacks, man. From the four-hour work week, yeah. The amount you enjoy your trip is directly proportional to how much to how light your pack is. Mm. Like it's just I can't believe how consistently you can plot that. Yeah. The less you bring, yeah. the more you'll enjoy your trip. So packing light is yeah. obviously the big one. Uh, me choosing an Airbnb. Don't go for price. Go for location. That's that's the easy one. Yeah. Uh, trying to learn at least 10 words in uh -huh. whatever language you go visit because the amount you can make someone smile just by saying thank you in their own language yeah. goes a really long way. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, good. Just, you know, not, not being afraid to meet someone strange from a new, a new place. You Do you know? travel by yourself mostly? A lot, yeah. yeah. I prefer to travel yeah. alone. I'd say, yeah, the less, kind of that first thing, the amount of people, the yeah. less people you travel with, the more you enjoy it. Sure. You know, we've all been on those like, 10 person trips yeah, where yeah, no one can hard. decide how to eat right whatever um i've learned on those to just decide for myself yeah. and then invite whoever wants to join right and like sometimes i eat by myself sometimes it's all 10 of us whatever and mm -hmm. kind of like a you know I, I definitely had some some early trips the opposite way where like mm -hmm. we're four of us are arguing yeah for two hours about whatever it's the worst yeah so I, I got a standing rule when traveling with groups, no complaining. Yeah. And if anybody gets caught complaining, instant 20 push-ups. Nice. I don't care if we're at the club, we're at the nice. restaurant, we could be... Oh, that's great. Ziplining, I don't care what we're doing, 20 push-ups. Yeah. So that, that, cut, that cuts out a lot of the... Yeah, that's cool. That vibes. That's really good. I'll throw that one in there. Um, do you use the ITA travel matrix? Is that Google Flights runs on the, that? Yeah, it runs on that, yeah. 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 That's, that thing's great. Um, that thing's freaking great. So there's a hack that I've, I haven't figured it out yet, but somebody okay. told me about it, like using that. What so happened? he told me he flies LA to, San, to New York to LA yeah. business for $500. What? And so what he does is he books New York to Cabo. Okay. That has a layover in LA and just gets off oh, in yeah. LA and doesn't take the second leg. Right. And like that's just a cheap route and whatever. And he said, in theory, you can do that all over the world. You just have to find the, yeah. the, whatever the cheap route is. What do they call the um, uh, hidden, yeah. hidden leg journeys? Yeah, yeah. So you have to do those on one way flights. Yes. Because if you it has do, to be one way. Because if you do a round trip, then the second leg will get canceled. That's right. I heard that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't tried that yet. That's interesting. I haven't either. There's but, a, uh, it takes some work to like mm -hmm. figure it out. There's a site that I think does that skip lagged. Oh, really? So check out. Yeah. You might have to check me on that, but skip lag, I think. I'm, I'm going to look that up. How's that? Cool. Nice. That's cool. Okay, lightning round. All right, let's do um, it. What's your favorite city to travel to? Rio de Janeiro. Yes. Man, all the beaches, all the fun, cheap. Yeah, I love it. Music, there. can't beat it. Amazing. Yeah. Who's your favorite DJ? Rio. DJ. I'm gonna shout out my friend DJ Wilbuck up in up in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's he play? He's got like this vinyl disco disco rap thing going. Yeah. On. It's, it's all kind of weird, but it's cool. cool. So you sound like a reader, like I am. What mm -hmm. um What's the last great book you read? Last great book I read. Let's see. Uh, How to Change Your Mind, Michael Pollan. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's uh kind of experimenting with psychedelics and his journey from a zero to experienced user was really interesting to see. Amazing. Yeah. 
What movie have you seen the most in your life? Catch Me If You Can. Oh, man, that's <laughs> it's my, great. It's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. We just watched, I just watched that with my son the other day. It was yeah. great. Isn't that great? So oh, fun. Um, tell me one decision that changed your life forever. I was living in Oklahoma at the age of 13 and living with my mom, had everything I could ask for, and I was very happy. And I just got the impression that I wanted to go live with my dad and learn what it was like to be a man. So I decided to move to Florida mm. and it was really difficult and we didn't get along for a while, but that set the stage for me not being afraid to try new things in new yeah. environments. And nice. going to a new school, Where meeting all new people, Orlando, Florida, so it's oh, okay. celebrations, like a yeah. little town near Disney World. Sure. But that, that was the last bit of fear that I let go of traveling to somewhere new or meeting new people or fitting in in a new place. Mm -hmm. That was that was a big change point for me. Um, complete the sentence. Okay. I don't have talent. I have blank. I have... I have indifference towards failure their success. I'm just going to try it either way. Mm. It's, yeah, whether, whether I'm, whether I think I'm good enough to try something or not, I'm going to try it anyway. And then, hey, maybe I'll, maybe I'll make the grade. That's just it's great. Just I'm not afraid to try anything. That's huge. Yeah. <clears throat> so if I worked for you, if I was one of the many uh, folks you outsource things to, okay, what's something I would hear you say over and over? Hmm. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. I probably said that a few times this week. But uh, <laughs> one note on the on the outsourcing stuff is, I always make sure that I know enough about what I'm outsourcing to kind of be dangerous, to yeah. kind of to kind of check the person yeah, yeah. that that's working on it. And yeah. that's that advice when I've when I haven't done that, that's come back to bite me. So you really you have to have a small understanding of what you're dealing with sure. in order to hire someone to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's in Paris stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, who would you be most excited to learn appreciates your work? Whoa. Uh, Seth Godin. If Seth Godin nice. was like, hey, good looking, good yeah. looking sunglasses you got there, I'd, I'd be pretty stoked. <laughs> that's cool. I'd be pretty stoked, yeah. Nice. Let's promote oh, Woody's. How sure. does everyone find Woody's? Great. Okay. Uh, you can get Woody's on woodies.com or search it on Amazon. It's it's all over the place. Nice. Or follow us on Instagram or just come down to Venice Beach and hang out with us. <laughs> Got a bunch of shades here at the house. Nice. Yeah. Cool, man. Thanks for doing this. Awesome. So Thanks. much fun talking to you. Had a great time. Appreciate it. Yo, that was Corey Stout, Rebel Radio. Make sure you check out Woody's sunglasses uh, and then leave us a review on iTunes, a comment on Twitter or Facebook. Make sure you check out our YouTube page for videos from a lot of our interviews. All of that is at Rebel Radio Net. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.